And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I am your host, Lauren Conaway founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And we are super, super excited to talk about today's episode sponsor. The Economic Development Corporation of KCMO is proud to support the dreamers and doers in our great city through a variety of programs, including Launch KC and KC Up. To learn how they can help you launch, visit edckc.com. Uh, if you have not heard of the EDC KC they do some amazing, amazing work to help support and propel entrepreneurs in the Kansas City area forward. And we are very, very happy to have them involved with Startup Hustle because we, of course, we love to do the same. Uh, so today we have we have a fabulous guest um, and she is going to be talking to us about a lot of really fun stuff, but I'm, I'm going to let her, her go into it. Uh, Carissa Castro, CEO of Logica. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I, I, I want to get, I really, re I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but I kind of have to like wait. So, so let's just hop into it. And I'm just going to ask you the base question, you know, tell us about Tell us about your journey. Tell us about Logica. Tell us about kind of how you came to be here. Like, I, I want to hear all of it, all of it, all of it. Yes, of course. Yeah. All the way back to the beginning. No, I'm just kidding. The word journey is very relevant um, because it it has been, especially for me in particular, but the company, right? Like any company. Yeah. Uh, and actually it began, it, it really began, you know, many years prior, um, even the idea of Logica, but I'd say even for me personally, wanting to become an entrepreneur was even, uh, is a fairly new thing. Um, so at a high level though, Logica is a, a software that helps finance teams with forecasting, budgeting, um, basically getting out of Excel where you can. <laughs> so it really came about because both myself and my co-founder lived the problem for many years. Um, sure. and, and the interesting thing is I never imagined that I would ever be an entrepreneur, um, for several years, I was more the the doer. The the I worked at a really large enterprise um, uh, in operations roles, and uh, lived and breathed spreadsheets for many years. Uh, but then I got to kind of follow uh, follow a little bit uh, along with a different startup journey because my co-founder Leandro is also my husband, um, and so he uh, he started a, a different software company that um, over about a 10 year journey was ultimately acquired by Siemens. And really that was kind of how I'd say like, even I became aware that entrepreneurship was a thing. So even though I like love Logica and there's a lot to talk about there, like I, I never imagined that I'd even be here today being an entrepreneur uh, of, of, of a company. So it really began kind of getting to see and experience 
uh, first as a spouse, and then after several years, kind of understanding what that really even meant, and then falling in love with it, and and then discovering because I ended up, uh, Leandro and I ended up working together at that company for several years. Um, that also that the that he and I like to work together in a startup. So it was kind of all this merging together of of even discovering entrepreneurship, uh, realizing that we had uh, a lot of overlapping skill set and loved working together. And we found a problem that we're really excited about and want to, you know, want to solve. And that's how we are today. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So, so I definitely want to delve deeply into Logica and I want to talk about financial modeling and I want to, I, I definitely want to do that. But the first thing that I want to ask you is, don't you get sick of working and living and being married to the same person? Like, is that something that you experience or do you just love every second of it? So I'd say I love 99% of it. No, I'm just kidding. That's we, a really high percentage. A very high percentage. We, we legitimately love working together and we call it our superpower because we, you know, we do have, definitely have to, you know, work on making sure we have that right. Um, blend of personal life you know like we have kids we have you know we have a family we you know it's not all logica right but in a way for us specifically the way the way we work together professionally and then just as a you know personally our relationship we love it because we love kind of the flexibility and that that alignment that we have across all dimensions of our life and yeah. from a just pure kind of working standpoint we do re work really well together because we have a, a you know we just have a good, I think, split of skill sets and what, you know, yes. what he does, what I do, and just this common vision that we're both super excited about. So I don't, that is, I, that I, is awesome. We, so I, we really do. I think you said something really um, profound in there. You know, the fact that you work together so well as co-founders is, is not only because you share that common vision, which of course is crucial, but you have really complementary skill sets. And so I, I love that you have kind of found that that comfort zone. Whenever I find co-founders who are also spouses, partners, you know, loved ones, I'm just like, are you okay? Do you need an adult? Like, are, are you, are you all right? Blink once for yes, two for no, if you're being held against your will kind of deal. And so I love it when I find people who are that enthusiastic about being, because I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have, it, it never ends, like it never stops. And as a parent and as a partner and spouse, like it never stops. So I, I think that's so cool that you have kind of hit your stride and found your niche and that you're able to complement each other so well. So I just wanted to ask that because I'm, I'm just fascinated because I got to tell you, like my husband, there is absolutely no way we could work together on a daily basis. Like I love him dearly. He is amazing and supportive and wonderful, but no, thank you. We would kill each other. Um, so good on oh, you. We definitely get that question a lot. And even there's a, you know, we are very much aware that it's definitely overall not for everybody from a, you know, from a co-founding relationship standpoint, but it's also very much like, you know, for us specifically in this problem and this type of company, it works really well. It may, you know, it may not be the right overlapping skill set for a different problem, but for sure we, you know, we have that kind of common vision and then, and it, um, it works. We, we love it. That is awesome. Well, so, so another thing that you said that I, I really want to explore a little further. Um, so, so 
here's a little bit about me, but I firmly believe that our school system uh, does not do a really great job, does not do a good enough job of introducing our youth to entrepreneurship as a path forward, right? Um, I, I firmly believe that. So you, you even said, you were like, you know, I didn't even really know that entrepreneurship was a thing until this opportunity was presented to me. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. And, and my question is, is this, you know, you came from kind of a more corporate background. You're now an entrepreneur. What was the most surprising thing? And it can be surprising in a good way, surprising in a bad way. But what was the most surprising thing about making that transition from the very kind of steady corporate, you know, this is somebody um, that I interviewed the other day, they said something uh, where, you know, when you're in a corporate role, you, you go and an inch wide and a mile deep, you know, you have a very specific role and you have a lot of specialization, but as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be a little bit more roll with the punches. There's no such thing as this is not my job. What was, what was surprising to you? Um, I'd say one thing that was really, so I definitely agree with all of that. I think that's a very valid comparison of that kind of transition from a large, large organization to a startup. Yeah. Um, I would say like one thing that was surprising though was, you know, in my particular kind of experience was very much operations. Actually, I have a uh, background in chemical engineering. So I actually worked in manufacturing and even though I was very much that kind of in a very specific role and, and went really deep, what was surprising to me was how much overlap there actually still was. Like a lot Ooh. of the things that I learned, like <laughs> I could still apply, like, you know, there's, and, and in some ways, like it was great to have that perspective of, you know, very much in the startup world, it's always the like, you know, things are going so fast and, you know, you know, like eventually a company will grow up and get more process and, you know, become more sophisticated. But I guess having that perspective and seeing how, like, in a lot of cases, it's a lot, you know, there's a lot of things that I could have let, that I could leverage um, sure. was surprising because I thought that, you know, there's definitely things that were very different, but um, there was a lot that I could kind of draw on to know, you know, that I could kind of go figure it out still. So. Yeah, that is that is awesome. Um, and I guess I had never really, I always think, so I also come from a corporate background. Definitely not like, I, by the way, kudos. I am I, always in love with STEMinists, um, women who, who are in, deeply into technology and science and that like, my hat is off to you. Uh, for those of you listeners at home right now, I'm saluting and I'm, you know, like doing all kinds of clapping and things like that. So way to go. Uh, <laughs> but I, I guess I always, in my head, I always think about like how the worlds diverge. But I think it's really interesting that you just, you're, you're like, no, let's talk about how they converge instead. You know, what, what are the, the commonalities and the learnings that I can take from one and apply to the other? I think that's, that's a really, really um, unique and interesting perspective. So thank you for sharing that. So, so here's, here's my question to you. Um, you know, we, we've, I really want to talk about Logica, but I want to kind of take the 10,000 foot view. I want to back us up a little bit. And I just want to ask you, what problem is Logica solving? Yeah, that's a great question. Really at a high level, we're, we're trying to help companies ultimately make better decisions faster. And so much of that starts with finance. Um, and there's a lot of things that happen in a finance team, even if the finance team's uh, a finance team of one. Um, and that 
that layer of what are you know what are the numbers at the end of the day what what is our what what if this happens what if that happens uh somebody has to run that run the run the numbers right so you sure. can uh and so much of that running the numbers still takes place in a spreadsheet and maybe i'll i'll i guess i'll tell a little story to, to maybe illustrate from my own experience where oh, great let's let's know, hear it <laughs> right like it became very clear to me like that i why I even wanted to start it. And, um, and, and I, let me, again, I'll, I've spent a lot of time in a spreadsheet. So I have, you know, I've managed $50 million P&Ls done a lot of complex budgeting. So like I write macros, like I'm, I'm, I love spreadsheets. Don't get me wrong, but I, uh, I, at the end of the day, there's also like, there's a lot of things that take time. And I remember, um, one year I was in a, like I said, I was in an operations role and i um i was basically accountable for kind of the the overall budget and the and the financial model um and the leadership team had kind of it was the towards the end of the year november december and uh the the you know at a board meeting basically the board comes and says hey we want to you know try to make decisions here we need to like evaluate like i think it was like six or seven different options of well, what if we do this? Well, what if we do that? What if we do this plus that? <laughs> that kind of thing, right? right. And I, uh, I had already kind of redone the entire, you know, financial model in a spreadsheet um, after many, you know, many hours. And so I, I get kind of this, um, hey, we need to, you know, see all six options um, by like next week. <laughs> and I literally spent like a solid, basically week, you know, late into the night uh, because I had to rework a lot of things. And I, you know had to make sure it was right, you know, tracing down all the D52, you know, all the, all the, like, all the weeds of the formulas. And, and actually what that ended up meaning was that that was like basically over Christmas break. So our kids were off of school, like we were, you know, in theory going to have lots of time as a family. And I literally spent most of that Christmas break, like doing nothing but living in that spreadsheet, getting it worked around because I had to have kind of all those numbers ready to go so that it could be presented at the next meeting right after right after the holiday break. So and again I was I was leveraging every all the years of experience I could, but at the end of the day, there's just only so much you can do because of how um, you know, manual things are. I was a lot nothing everything was in my desktop, right? I had a file on my desktop that was uh what I was working with. So I was downloading lots of data from some of our different tools, trying to, you know, pull it all together and and I just, I mean, I got it done, but it was like, how much time did I spend just on pure kind of busy work? And and I really only had a little bit of time at the very end to like, okay, what does this all mean now? Right. And, right. and it was just this experience where I was like, this has got, there's got to be a better way. Like I, I'm, I have a lot of experience. Like I, I, I want to be able to like actually look at what this model is telling me and actually be able to have good recommendations and, you know, like produce value you know, of, of what, what do I think we should do or, you know, anything along those lines, but so much of my time went to just getting the model so I could like produce a set of numbers that it just became clear that was like, I, I still can't believe that at this point in time that, you know, for as much as, you know, software's evolved, cloud's evolved, that, that this kind of financial modeling piece really all we have is a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you're pulling on your, your personal expertise, your, you know, your, your financial acumen. Um, but you're also, you're, you're using it 
and you're applying it using a tool that makes it so much easier for entrepreneurs. And I'm just, that's so impressive because I, I have to tell you, like as an entrepreneur myself, like one of the deepest, uh, most frustrating processes for me is figuring out like that forecasting piece and that, that budgeting piece. And like, how do these things, I don't have a finance background, you know, I'm not a, 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 a CPA, I'm not a CFO. And so it, particularly for like new entrepreneurs, the service and the, the gap that you're filling could be transformational for entrepreneurs. Um, you know, cause that's one of the most important key pieces of your strategy as an entrepreneur, no matter what you're doing. And half of us, we have no idea what we're doing when it comes to the, the financial pieces and pulling it all together and making it make sense. So kudos to you for, for working on a tool that is able to, able to help in that way. Um, you know, I, I, I do have to say, so, so we, we love organizations and we love tools that help entrepreneurs do their jobs better. And I do just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the Economic Development Corporation of Casey Mo. Let's grow Kansas City, Missouri. Um, that's their, their tagline, and it represents how the EDCKC works with businesses. They work with large businesses, small businesses, people just starting out, and they, they help entrepreneurs grow in Kansas City. And you can learn more about the EDCKC at edckc.com. So so let's, I, I have another conversational turn that I want to take here. Um, you know, so, so you have, you have a great co-founder and I'm sure that, you know, it's not always sunshine and roses, but you know, you've kind of hit your stride and you have, you've built this tool and you're doing this amazing work to help and support entrepreneurs, uh, in their journey. And I'm just, I'm so enthusiastic about that. You have no idea, but you recently, you recently got some attention and you had a pretty big win not too long ago. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I, I want to give you the, like, hey, this is your chance to brag on yourself a little bit. <laughs> um, let's, let's hear about it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we are, we were super excited and grateful to get to be a part of Y Combinator. Uh, wow. And, yes. Yep. And we are the first Nebraska company or startup to be accepted into Y Combinator. That, congratulate. I see, I actually didn't know that. Uh, congratulations. That is huge. And for those of you who don't know, Y Combinator is a extremely well-known, significant, and sought-after accelerator program, right? So, so how, how excited are you about that? I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, uh, I, it's one of those moments other than, you know, getting married, having kids, like I will sure. never forget the moment that we got the phone call. Um, I, I literally can relive that moment over and over again in my head. Uh, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I gotta tell you like that, that is, um, I mean, not only is it, you know, a really great opportunity, but I feel like that's some pretty significant validation. Um, you know, Y Combinator, they vet their, they, they can, they can vet the programs and the, the folks that they accept into their program really, really hard because it's, they have so many people apply. So even just, you know, being considered, but not only that, getting it. That's, that's a huge, huge validation of the work that you're doing. Um, and I just want to make sure that we take some grace and some time to acknowledge that how significant that is. But, but talk to us a little bit about your, why did you want to take part 
in a in an accelerator program. Yeah, and thank you very much. We, I appreciate the the recognition. Um, you know, it's interesting because specifically Y Combinator. Uh, again, like you said, it's very well known, and I'd say that was uh, an organization that we always, both myself and and Leander have have followed in general. Uh, and I know for especially for Leander, actually. Uh, his whole entrepreneurship journey actually began with a, an article, one of Paul Graham's articles, and he didn't even know at the time who Paul Graham was or what my combinator was. But, you know, so it's kind of been this, you know, it's just this, you know, organization that's so relevant and present um, that, you know, of course, you kind of just generally look up to it as a man, that would be awesome to to be able to have, you know, have a business that's working well enough to, to get into my combinator. But then when we started Logica, um, we definitely saw how this particular type of business, this market was going to be really well suited for, you know, again, we're working with other companies and other entrepreneurs and, and, and of all stages, not, you know, not, you know, not just the early stage, but we felt like Y Combinator was going to be a really great, um, you know, potentially a really great fit to be able to both personally, you know, from our, from our own company standpoint, you know, tap into that network, but connect to other companies that, you know, we're going to be potentially our customers and, um, and, and really be able to leverage that network. Uh, and it's already delivered beyond our, our wildest, wildest uh, expectations. So, yeah. Well, and just to, to add a little bit of context for our listeners. So Y Combinator has seen some really successful startups go through their program. We're talking like Airbnb, Dropbox, Instacart, like these really highly recognizable global brands. And so again, like to be, to just to be, you know, considered heavily and to be accepted, it's, it's a huge honor. Um, so, so I want to, I want to ask you a question for our, our listeners at home, like any of our listeners who might be considering going through an accelerator program. Can you talk to us a little bit about the process that you went through that um, that helped you decide, like, this is something that we want to do. This is why we want to, why we want to, like, you know, refine our pitch and why we want to do all of this work that is required in order to get accepted to a startup accelerator. What, what kicked that off? Yeah, I think actually it was something, something that you just said was, 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 I would say very relevant. It was that, like, Exactly that we wanted we wanted to use it no matter what as an opportunity to say okay let's let's answer the questions let's go through the exercise and if if that's all that happens like if it doesn't go any further then we fill out the application and we don't you know they don't want to take it any further we've at least you know those questions in and of themselves help you reflect on the business right so especially in particular white combinators um, there you know there's just those those really good questions that force you to kind of like step back or, or, you know, clarify what it is you're trying to do instead of always, you know, just being in the weeds. And so we yeah. actually, um, we actually, which is, we actually applied right when we started the company, the white combinator, and we didn't even get an interview. So just also for, 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 perspe for perspective and white combinator says this too, there's a, a lot of applicants that apply once. And then what they're really looking for is that, are you growing? Are you evolving? And so right. then, you know, apply again. And we're the classic case of like, we did it very early on before we'd even launched a product, didn't even get an interview. But that, that, that application process itself was super helpful. I mean, I spent a lot of time on that very first one that I did um, and probably wrote too much in it. Uh, but it was like, that, that was a worthwhile exercise. So that's why even 
even if you don't go anywhere with it, get into any program, um, I think that application process itself is, is super beneficial. Um, but then what was really interesting was we did, we just got back to work, right? We didn't, we didn't get an interview. Okay. No big deal. Kept going, right? Kept, yeah. kept on our path, kept iterating, launched the product, started getting traction. And then we applied again and we got in this time and we were able, and what was really interesting the second time was again, same mindset, like, Hey, let's try it. Let's try it again because we've grown a lot. And it was a really, a really good exercise the second time around to look back, even just, you know, however many, however much prior time and like, Hey, we have come a long ways. Um, and so again, I came into the second time around saying, Hey, again, it's more, more gonna, worst case scenario, we, we reflect and we kind of see how far we've come. Um, yeah. but you know, thankfully we, uh, we had shown enough traction and progress that we, uh, we got all the way in. So I, so, so I really love that. And I don't know if I have ever heard a founder talk about accelerator program application processes in that way. The fact that, okay, you know, let's use this as an opportunity to work on the business, not in the business. When you're, you know, when you're talking about being in the weeds, like so often I feel like we get super caught up in like the, the minutia of the day-to-day, -day. like, you know, mm -hmm. okay, we need to get this budget report out and we need to, you know, fix this in the sales pipeline and we need to blah, blah, blah. Like all of those things that you do every day as an entrepreneur, um, you know, applying to an accelerator program, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think it's brilliant the way that you viewed that as, as an opportunity to, like you said, reflect, you know, and say, hey, like, this is this is where we are. This is where we've been. This is where we hope to go um, and really kind of reestablish not just the the work of what you're doing, but that strategic vision. Um, you know, I, I really love that. So so, you know, congratulations on having that kind of um, foresight, you know, and that that deep understanding of how important it is to to really think about these things on it, like make the space to think about these things on a day to day basis. Um, so so I'm going to I'm going to ask you for some tips and tricks. Are you ready to share your secrets? Sure. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So tell us and tell our listeners who maybe someday might want to apply for an accelerator program. What are some of the best practices that you saw? What are some of the things that you put into play that you think might've helped you in your journey as you were, were applying for Y Combinator? Yeah. So I think there's kind of what I'm going to call the obvious ones. And then maybe the, the not obvious ones. Um, I think the obvious ones that we did, we were intentional about which, like we really actually, only identified Y Combinator as one that we wanted to go after and spend time on. So that kind of reflecting exercise sounds great, but if you, you know, like you can't, I, I didn't want to spend all, all, all my time, right? Filling out applications. Sure. So, you know, I was intentional about which ones, but then also that allowed us to really like, I, I did spend some time, you know, of course, just understanding Y Combinator, you know, again, not having, you know, followed the entrepreneurship world for, for years. Like I, you know, of course I was aware of them and knew about them more recently, but you know, I tried to kind of understand better what were they about and in and and specifically why Combinator I think does a fabulous job of just telling you what you should do. Like they they very and that's the all the you know all the information that they provide publicly to like when you're gonna apply. They literally have public you know articles out there that say like here's what to expect. Like there's a lot written down that you can just literally go read 
And like I said, it sounds probably obvious, but um, read it. Like, you know, I, I, I would try to search other places just to see, you know, how, like, what to expect from the interview. But so much of it is like, they already tell you. So, you know, kind of like cover your bases. Um, and in that case, they have a lot of great information that I tried to just make sure I was doing that first and foremost, right? Like, yeah. And, and understand that, understand the process, understand what to expect. Um, and then maybe the not obvious thing was that I didn't overthink it either. And um, I just like focus on growing the business, right? Like make real progress, make real traction and not try to game the system or, you know, over, over analyze, like, what do they want? Like, what are they looking for? Right. So that's a little bit of a balance with the first one, which is like, you know, of course you want to understand and do as much as you can to kind of know what the program is and what they're looking for. But again, and I, I can't speak, you know, I can only speak from my own experience, but what I experienced was just that, like they're looking at each one as its own individual company, as people and trying to understand. And if you really are trying to have uh, a real business that delivers real value, like that, that's what really they're looking for, right? Like not, right. not anything else. So it's like, just focus on the real thing. And that's what's going to speak for itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. No, that, that is great. You know, you said something really interesting and you, you've said it, you've kind of touched on it a couple of times. And I, I just want to, I want to go down this conversational rabbit hole a little bit, but you, you mentioned that you were very intentional. Uh, you wanted to apply specifically for Y Combinator and that's kind of where you put your focus. And so I, I'd like to hear a little bit about what, what was the the thought process that led you there? Like when you were kind of comparing and contrasting different programs that were available to you, you, you talked about the transparency in their process, which is great, but what are some of the other kind of key um, assets and, and key things that you were looking for in a program? Like what should entrepreneurs look out for? Um, so again, I can only share my perspective because I, I, I uh, you know, I wouldn't call myself a professional comparison across all, all accelerators. I'd say like, what you certainly have deep insights. I don't understand yourself. Well, I'd say one of the things that really drew us to Y Combinator specifically was um, also the fact that they, you know, they did fairly quickly transition to kind of a fully remote, um, remote batch. And sure. again, also put a lot, they, you know, from what, from what we could tell again, just from what they had shared, uh, shared broadly, you know, they were putting a lot of intentionality behind, um, making sure that, you know, kind of like that we're going to run the program just as effectively, if not more remotely. And, and that was really, I think for us, you know, that was really a tipping point for us to say, like, I would have, you know, of course I always would have loved the opportunity period, but it really made it feasible for us to be able to, to do Y Combinator um, with it being fully remote. Of course it was in the middle of the pandemic. So, you know, that was kind of the reality for everybody, but um, it really made it accessible for us and, and able, because we we're, you know, it would, you know, their traditional model is everybody moves to, you know, to California. And, um, and so for us kind of having the family and all that, it just made it a lot more uh, attainable. So we were just, that was a really, I guess, important factor for us that, that made that a, a top priority program. Yeah, no, that, that is, that is absolutely awesome. Well, so, so let me ask you this, um, you know, you've been accepted into this highly prestigious accelerator program. Um, you know, the future is looking bright. Um, clearly you have, you have hit upon a niche and a need that is very deep 
within the the entrepreneurial community, not even, and I'm sure not just the entrepreneurial community. I mean, everybody has to do budgets and forecasting, no matter your size. Um, what does what does the future look but look like for Logica? Total world domination. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, okay, I am in. <laughs> yes, in. Um, no, it's really exciting. Kind of again, kind of having having gotten that that kind of uh, well, no pun intended, but acceleration from from my computer. Um, bad bad pun, I know. Uh, literally, you know, the, the the experience itself, kind of going through that and. And really what's nice, what I really love about Y Combinator too is that there's kind of this lifetime, you know, it's, it is, there's a lot that happens initially, but we're part of the community forever. So I feel like a really good kind of, uh, you know, sustainable kind of coming out of that program and then being able to really leverage that indefinitely, uh, it, it's it's super exciting. We're, we're hiring more people now. We're, um, uh, we have a lot of, you know, new customers that have come on board. And, uh, and it's super exciting what, what, how quickly now things are evolving. Yeah, no, it, it does. It really sounds super, super exciting. And I'm, I'm just thrilled for you. And I have to tell you, I very selfishly, like once we like hit end on this, uh, recording, I am definitely going to pick your brain and be like, so tell me, like, would we be a good customer for Logica? Because I feel like not, I mean, not only do most entrepreneurs need the help that you provide, but damn, I need the help that you provide. Uh, so we're, we're going to have a little offline conversation, my friend. I just want to, you know, I just want to let you know that. <laughs> Love it. Let, let's do it. All right. So, so I do want to ask you, um, I'm going to, we're, we're coming to the, the end of our time together and I'm super bummed because this has been really fun. Uh, but I want to ask you, I want to ask you the human question. Are you ready? Here it comes. <laughs> so, so you mentioned that, you know, you have a, you have a family and you have a lovely co-founder who you also happen to be married to, which I personally think is a little crazy, but I love it. Like in the best way, it's crazy in the best way. Um, tell me, so you have a, you have a day to spend with your family and money is no object. You can do anything. You could travel if you wanted to, but how, how would you spend your time? We would go, so Leandro's from Brazil. So I would okay. say we would, uh, we would be on the beach in his hometown, getting to spend time with all with the whole family. Uh, okay. Yep. All right. So when you go to the beach, are you more a, you know, sun on the sand or you swim in the waves or are you like the extreme sporty person who wants to be out like on the sea do and, you know, doing all the, the fun stuff? What's Definitely your... uh, on the sand uh, or maybe under an umbrella. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like it. I dig it. <laughs> under an umbrella. Like I, I, so for our listeners at home, uh, I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I am one of the paler people I know. And so I definitely, uh, sympathize with that. I come in two colors, white or red, and that's it. Uh, so, so I am also an umbrella aficionado. Do you have a book in your hand or what do you, what yeah. do you do while you're yeah. sunbathing? <laughs> yeah. Book, book in hand. Awesome. All right. Well, well, I got to tell you, this has been absolutely lovely. And I, I am very, very grateful that you took the time to chat with us today. This was wonderful. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it.
Good. I'm so glad. Okay. I always, I always love hearing that. I'm like, Oh, look, I did my job. <laughs> um, you know, and I got to tell you listeners, we are, we are super excited to have you with us. Um, also super, super excited to have the sponsorship and the partnership and the, the awesomeness of the EDC KC behind us. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by the Economic Development Corporation of KC Mo. If you are in the KC area, you live, work, and play around here, you can find out who your business development officer is at edckc.com. We encourage you to connect with these people because they are out there making a huge difference in our business community. Also want to let you know, we have something pretty exciting rolling out here with Startup Hustle. Uh, guest hosts are taking over Startup Hustle podcast starting in August. So keep an eye out for that. Tune into our Friday episodes to get elevated with Casey Hemp co-founder, Heather Steppy. Heather is a cannabis expert and a cast member on our Startup Hustle TV show. And I have to tell you selfishly, she's one of my faves. We love going out and, you know, hanging out because she is just a fun, amazing person to hang out with. And I imagine she's going to be a fun, amazing person to listen to as a podcast host. Um, friends, we are so, so grateful that you take the time to sit with us and listen to us on a weekly, daily, however you listen to us basis. Thank you so much for being with us and we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.